everyone. This week on Bold Life Out Loud, I'm giving you a little update on our foster care journey. In September, we said yes to the twins, and well, it's six months later. So let's dig a little deeper on what saying yes to them has really looked like. Welcome to Bold Life Out Loud, one woman's journey about living outside the normalcy box and the people doing life with me. Here's to living an authentic, messy life and sharing truth of real life lessons instead of the constant perfection feed. I'm Bonnie and welcome to my bold life. I'm living out loud. Hey you guys, welcome to episode 10 of Bold Life Out Loud podcast. Today, I'm sharing with you what life has looked like over the last few months after saying yes to the twins and where we as a family are in the right now of this journey. Okay, here you guys are. Wit is six months. Uh, today is actually February 2nd that I am recording this podcast. And we are jumping into the six-month review, our foster care update with the twins, and just questions and answers um, from you guys, the followers of Geronimo Project. So, um, wow, six months. Can I just say... I can't even believe it's been six months and that's just how the foster care timeline craziness works in our life, right? So um, in September, if you're new to following us or just um, starting to follow our journey of foster care, we um, had finalized our adoption of our son, Dominic, in November of 2019. And so last year was just supposed to be this year of celebration and having fun and figuring out what our new family dynamic looks like. And then here comes COVID just screwing it all up, right? And so um, we had decided to keep uh, foster care kind of... um, on hold as we are walking through this this last year, but uh, I decided towards the end of the year that it was time for us to start saying yes again. I just felt like the Lord was calling us to say yes. And so basically September, we got a phone call for two, um, a sibling set, a little boy, na- not named anything because I'm not going to tell you their name. <laughs> Good thing I can record and edit here. Um, but no, really. So a little boy, uh, we call him Mr. Man or Little Old Man. Um, and then Sassy Sis. Um, the little boy is, uh, they're 10 months apart. And so I just call them twins because it makes it easier. But he is older and she is younger. And so we said yes to them in September thinking like, okay, well, We'll start, you know, getting this process going so parents can um, hopefully start working a safety plan to get their kids back. Um, But if you've been following us along on Geronimo Project on Instagram, you realize that this is not what's been going on for our yes with them. Um, So the state of Oregon took the kids in in September. They came to our house. And since then, the parents have been fighting um, the case. And so the state of Oregon, DHS, um, had to prove their case to get what is called jurisdiction. That's like the first step. Um, parents are able and willing to work a plan if they want to get their kids back during this timeline. But if parents are not willing to work with the state as our parents were not, they basically were saying, nope, 
the state had no reason to remove their kids, so we're not doing anything. Um, basically, the state has to go in and prove their case. And after they prove their case, um, that is when the state of Oregon can actually make parents do like, you know, parenting classes or drug treatment classes or um, other, any sort of classes that are needed in their safety plan. And so basically what's going to happen now, because we finally got jurisdiction of the kids and can everyone say, amen, amen, because now we can actually see some movement in this case. Whether the parents want it to move or not, we can actually start seeing some movement um, because the state can now hold parents accountable for their behaviors and their actions. So basically what's going to happen now is that the, the judge ruled on Friday. I sat, thank God. Uh, uh, okay, here's what I'm going to tell you about the positive of COVID. Court cases are now online, which means I could sit in my PJs with my video screen off and it muted because Lord have mercy, the information that was coming uh, coming out of this case, I just, of course, I should have been eating like popcorn and just watching it. It was like a really bad soap opera. So I was very thankful that I could have it muted and that I could turn off the video so that people couldn't see my oh crap face when certain things were being said. Um, it's just a hot mess. I mean, but that's that's trauma. That's life, right? And so basically, we sat. I sat in court, aka my front room, and listened to testimonies and questioning and witnesses and all of the things in final um, deliberation. And at the end of the day, at f basically five thirty in the evening on Friday, the judge made her rulings and some of the rulings were dismissed and some of them were kept in, um, were, were found guilty basically um, in layman's terms. And so basically now what happens is the state of Oregon DHS will now come up with what's called a safety plan. And so um, I know firsthand what a safety plan looks like because when they removed Dominic from our care, we agreed to a safety plan to actually get him back in our home and to prove like, just like the bio parents, that we were not bad parents and we were willing to do whatever we could to get our son back in our home. And so um, generally... What um, the safety plan is going to be based off of is whatever allegations were found guilty. So um, I can't, of course, share extreme details of a case. But what I can tell you is, of course, neglect was um, something in abuse, which, of course, anyone knows that when a child comes into care, those are two of the main reasons why. And so um, there what their safety plan will basically look like is things like you must UA take, you know, UA tests when you are asked or you must complete um, what's called a foundations parenting program where they have like parent mentors or you may have to take, um, uh, you know, abuse classes, anger management classes, things like that. And they will set them up um with the classes and 
um, with the meetings and with all of the things. And once those safety plans are checked off, generally that is when we um, are looking into reunification for a plan. And so that should start up soon. You know, it has just been, um, it's just been hard. This case is completely different than our son Dominic's case. Um, I learned a lot and I have grown so much since we said yes to our son. And so going into this case, I definitely have boundaries on what I will allow to happen, but I also know that I want to do better. And so I'm going to try to do better for the kids and for the parents in this case. And so um, as I've mentioned online, the um, parents are now homeless. And so while I don't agree in their behaviors or their skills or even their decisions, my goal and my job as a foster mom in my mind is not just to take care of their kids. It's also to show them that they have a positive support system for them uh, because they don't have family around here in this area. And so to do things like, you know, we packed, I packed um, for Christmas time, a big box of like jerky and trail mix and sweatpants and the heater pads to keep their hands warm and gloves and hats. Um, so doing things like that or, um, giving them gift cards to, uh, food places. So, um, things like that is, is how I'm wanting to serve better. So there are so many different ways that you as a foster parent are going to be called to not only take care of the kids in your home, but to be a mentor and that safe place for the actual families, for the kids' parents. And so um, that is definitely something I am trying to better myself and um, be open-minded and be more willing than I was more so with Dominic's mom, just because um, I tried with Dominic's mom and it was just really hard. She wasn't willing or able or yeah really wanting and so you could see that um the way that it's approached this time is for of course i can only speculate right because i'm not his mom was that she had a lot of anger towards me she was very insecure with her position as a mother. And so instead of seeing me as someone that was an ally or someone that could be a mentor or work with her to help get her son back, I became a very big trigger. And so while I wish that I could have done better or um, built a better relationship with her, I realized really quickly that I needed to step away from her seeing me because her reaction to me was never pretty. Um, you know, and so I have the option right now, like right now, uh, with the twins parents, I write in a weekly journal, I 
do arts and crafts. I've met them um, at locations for picking them up from visits. Um, so there's a lot more interaction going on this time around. And because I'm really trying to partner them with them and let them know like, hey, I'm here to root you on. Where before I couldn't really do that with Dominic's mom because I was such a trigger to her that I made it very like I was hiding so when I would go to drop him off for visits with her you could either go in the front of the building where you would see the parents or go into the back where it's the foster parent drop off and I made it a point to like drop off there in and out so that she didn't see me there was no conversation because every time there was it just seemed like a visit would go wrong or there were behaviors um and so again Every case is different. We're going to try to build different relationships. And so I'm doing the best that I possibly can for this relationship for the twins. Um, there's a lot of things that I found out during the court case that I had already speculated um, just because of the feelings that I got or the intel that I had already been given. Um, and so to actually hear proof and conversations about these things, it really just put into light about what I was preparing myself and our family for, um, which to me is crazy. A lot of other states and agencies actually do not allow you to have information um, of court cases or foster parents aren't invited to court cases. And to me, that's just mind blowing because how are you supposed to be an advocate for this child if you have no clue what's actually going on in this child's life, let alone how are you supposed to build a healthy relationship with a bio family if you are not let know of any information, any skills or boundaries that you should be looking out for. You you do have some foster parents that feel like you don't need to know anything to um, go into a relationship with um, bio families, but I feel it's very key to having a positive and a healthy mentor um, relationship to support and build um, families up because how can you teach parents skills if they're if you're not in on what they're actually falling short on right that's that's why some of us take these classes so that we can better our skills and so how am I supposed to walk alongside someone and reunification in a family if really you're not giving me any information on what I should be looking out for or what I should be projecting more of for someone to see. So um, in all, you know, it's just been crazy. It's been a, a load of information. It's been a roller coaster of emotions. Um, and so I kind of feel like I have a little bit of peace right now because at least I know there's a plan. We all know that this plan can change a thousand times and um, it doesn't mean that parents are actually going to go through with these plans. But right now for me, what it has looked like is now we have at least some sort of thing that we're reaching for so that these parents can get their children back. Um, the twins themselves are doing amazing. They you know, they're losing weight and eating healthy. They're going to daycare and building social skills. 
little guy's um, verbal communication is just amazing. We're doing potty training. Um, Sassy Sis is just exactly that. She is so full of spirit. It's crazy to me. Um, And, you know, it's just really a blessing to see how far they've come. But I won't lie and tell you that it's been all unicorn and rainbows. There have been some hard days, some hard conversations. And honestly, I'm tired Um, because to have a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a six-year-old, a um, 19-year-old, and a 16-year-old all dealing with different emotions and life things being thrown at them, it can be a lot to process, um, especially in the midst of this pandemic and being around each other a lot. And so um, our family has just had to have some real conversations over the last few months about um, investing in respite care and um, saying, if you need a break, taking the break and taking this space um, and you know, planning special events as a whole family, but also planning events as just our core family so that we can continue to say yes to kids in care. And so for me, I'm thankful for the people that have just been there for me. I'm thankful that now we have something to look forward to um, as far as there's a goal to reach. Um, And I am just really hoping that this now. Okay, so the parents have kind of used this court case as a reason why not to really do anything. Um, Like case in point, they were, they're homeless, but they were offered to go to the mission to, you know, have somewhere to stay, but they have both turned that down. And for me, That's really hard to understand. Um, The mission, of course, has rules. Our local mission doesn't allow food in rooms. The men and women are separated into two buildings because they can't sleep together. There's no smoking on premises, which I know rules are rules and um, some rules are hard to follow. But for me, in the bigger scale, the grander scale of things, I feel like those three things are not something to push you away from saying yes, um, because you would be willing to do whatever you needed to for your kids. I mean, when Dominic was removed, we even had the conversation since the allegation was against me and not my husband, that I would move out of the house and that he would stay with the kids and deal with the day-to-day stuff just so that the trauma wasn't so big on Dominic and our our kids. Like I could still see them during the day, but I would go and stay at my in-laws during the the evening. And we presented the state with that. And the state was just like, they couldn't believe that we were willing to do that for I, our son. And I was like, that's my son. I would rather him stay in his room and I go somewhere else than him be uprooted and us never see him again. Like this, this makes no sense to me. So I'm hoping that now that the court case has been finalized, um, that the parents won't come up with any more excuses. <laughs> um, and I have high hopes for that, but um, that again, we can finally see the court case um, put 
an end to one side of what this journey has and hopefully start seeing some movement in what the reunification process will be for these these parents and stuff because I can tell that mom and dad love their kids. I can also tell that there's just a lot of generational trauma and um, history and skills that just need to be addressed. And so that's our hope. Our hope is to be that safe place for the kids in the time being while also allowing the parents to build their skills and know that um, their kids are safe. Like you can focus on getting better for yourself because in the end your kids are safe. Um, and the more work you put into it, the more the state will be willing to give you and the more we would be willing to do, you know, additional visits or invite them more into our life. But because there has been, um, no real effort or unsafe boundaries and skills for our family. You want to be there and you want to mentor, but in the same time, you have to be very careful at what you are allowing in your life because of the unsafe skills boundaries. Um, because then I'm also now putting the twins in danger, but I'm putting my, my family in danger. So you have to be very aware of, um, what you're saying yes to and what you're getting yourself into on a day-to-day basis. So, um, you know, we are just living in the moment. And I think that's the best lesson that I learned with our son's journey is that if you're constantly looking for the next thing to say, okay, we got here, I'll be able to do A, B, and C, you are going to miss so much of this journey and then all of a sudden you're holding so much in and one day you just explode emotionally because you're waiting for the next thing to either drop or to take movement and you're never fully living in your emotions and processing the right now of what you're actually walking through. And so my best advice for anyone that is dealing with the ups and down journeys, or even myself, I remind myself, take it day by day, moment by moment. Um, and, and that's the best of advice I can give you is that love those kids every day, um, no matter what's brought into your life with them. You know, um, speak positive emotions, uh, good skills, and just continuing to love them deep and boldly um, and a hundred percent, give a hundred percent to them no matter what. And we have just seen these kids grow tremendously over the last six months. And my hope is that a little light has just been planted for them and carries them um through their life and just helps their parents also see a little bit of light too. So like I said, the kids are doing um, tremendously. We have multiple therapy sessions for little guy. He does OT therapy. He does speech therapy. Then he's also in daycare, which itself Going to daycare when you haven't had those um, things available to you, you know, having other kids around or other, other adults around helps build all, so many different skills. And so um, that and then also working with him at home as far as skills and behaviors um, has just really been a great thing. Sassy Sis herself, she 
is very smart and she wasn't um isn't as setback as uh, little guy is and so she doesn't need the extra therapy and stuff her it she's more just the normal toddler so we're working on her little temper tantrums and hitting and um yelling and being all girl and sassy <laughs> and all of the things but she loves her stuffies and she loves to snuggle and she loves me um she loves makeup oh my gosh she loves makeup um and so it's just been great to be able to watch them find their own little personalities um even little guy recently He's been very timid, and um, over the last few weeks, we've seen him, you know, kind of fight back and, no, sissy, don't take my toy, where before he would just constantly give them to her. And so it's just been great to watch and witness this um, and allow even our family to kind of heal because the last journey was such a an up and down battle. And not to say this one isn't, it's just a completely different one. Um, and so to see our family heal and communicate and address things that maybe we kind of let slip through on the first time, well, I wouldn't say the first time we said yes, because we said yes a lot, but um, mainly on Dominic's case. Um, you know, we're going to utilize respite and we're going to talk about the things that are bugging us, um, have the family meetings. We make sure to take the kids one-on-one, -on -one, which has seemed to help a lot when we're giving our other children that one-on-one -on -one attention um, and then coming back and doing things as a whole, as a family. So in all, our family is doing great. We are just chugging along and enjoying life. And I'm really excited what this spring and summer is going to bring. Um, I actually made the final decision that I would stop working 100% of the time and just be with our kids more, which would allow so much more freedom for us to do day trips and adventures. And we bought a travel trailer recently. So we're going to be, I booked with my friend um, last night, like six or seven camping trips. So I'm just really excited what the last um, few years has taught me on this foster care journey as far as just really being present and living in the moment, um, really advocating and sharing our story, but really just to, just to love your people and to make memories because, man, they go by fast. And you really, especially in the foster care system, do not know how long you have with these kids. So living in the moment and making every moment matter is something that I think we as foster families and foster parents need to focus more on. So, as far as our family, you know, there's nothing huge going on, but in the same time, it's the everyday battles, right? The everyday that can add up to the bigger moments that eventually could um, take a family out of foster care or the emotions that could um, cause a family to break and say no. And so for us, we are just chugging along, doing our best um, to just 
be there for the kids, be there for each other, and share with you guys what our journey looks like. And my hope is to have more conversations with you guys online, more conversations here on the podcast, and um, just education more moving forward when it comes to Geronimo Project. So thank you guys so much for following us on our journey of saying yes to not only the twins, but to all the kids in our community. And I cannot wait for you guys to um, just follow our journey and hang out with us more. those things that we talked about today stay tuned make sure you follow me like and share with your friends the bold life out loud podcast and make sure to find me on instagram at bold life out loud and geronimo project i want to hear your comments questions let me know what you think and what you want to hear because you are not alone on this journey so see you next time on bold life out loud podcast